swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar, and be better off than you are. Or would you rather be a pig? Welcome. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, this is Mike Fardy with the Greenlight Podcast. We're here for episode eight. Yeah, I think Tim's not here, so I can't. I can't confirm with him like I always do. Uh, I feel like we're breaking a tradition right now. I should have called him. It's episode eight. I I looked. I looked online, um, and this one is with Pat Condon. So this is uh, really exciting. He's the director of Infanticide and Fucker Fight. Uh, we talk about. Uh, all, all sorts of stuff, how he tries to make people angry with movies, um, but it's a, it's a really great chat, so thank you guys for tuning in, um, and yeah, enjoy this episode. This dream is so few and far between in Canada to be able to get those, uh, those types of jobs. Right. Like, like, comedy writing is like, what is it, there's less than ten... Uh, comedy rooms, I would imagine, in Canada, right? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, you mean, like, TV shows, like, yeah, yeah like, This Hour, uh, Rick Mercer. And then, like, Still Standing, I think, has a room. Right. Maybe a small room, though, because that's considered, like, I guess that's considered a reality show. And then Shit's Creek, and what else? Is there any other, like, does, uh, I don't even think, like, does Bell have, or does CTV have, a, like, a half-hour comedy or anything? I'm actually not sure, and that that was one of the things that I've been looking into, is, like, I'm trying more and more to watch Canadian content. Yeah. Because I feel like I should be a good Canadian. Yeah. And be like, yeah, let's see what we're doing here, but it's always, like... There's Mr. D. I have a Mr. Mr. D. Mr. D, that's right, yeah. I got a script, uh, a spec script from Mr. D from the first time I applied to the, the uh, CFC. Okay. The, for their dramatic writing for television thing, because at the time, and I'm not sure if this is still the case, but... I guess it's not because, I mean, your friend came from another program. But, yeah. like, you know, when Doyle was going on, they were only hiring people that came out of that school. Really? Yeah. And uh, and Mr. D, the majority of the people, that if they weren't stand-up comedians, they were coming from the CFC. And right. So, like, it's like, if your aim and your focus is on comedy in Canada, you have very little room, you know? Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it seems like, like for the amount of, shows that happen there must be a huge amount of competition oh man well i guess i mean well you know the comedy scene well comedy scene in st john's was just like three years old maybe or four at the most yeah i'm not sure yeah because i I was only in there like like, last year lynch has got his one year anniversary like yesterday for jokes on john yeah yeah so like and before that i don't know there's like no more than two years before that so like yeah and so with that how new that scene is and there's uh, you know, uh, twenty comedians, I guess, working in. Yeah, St. I think John's we were we were point. figuring it out at the end, like that. There were probably like yeah, between like twenty and thirty, probably so, like active working comedians there. Yeah, and then so you multiply that with whoever's up here in Toronto. Like, there's hundreds. There has to be hundreds working. I here. haven't seen like the same person twice so far. Like, I've been out all over the place and just like can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that's your competition, you know? Yeah. And that's just working comedians. Like, I don't consider myself to be a comedian, but I definitely focus in the comedy sort of style. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, how many people are like me that, like, have some short films that are comedies, have some spec scripts or whatever, consider themselves to be, like, a writer, a comedic writer or comedic director? Like, I don't know, there's probably another hundred of those. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, but and the other thing too is like I applied to the CFC along with you this year for yep. the um, for the directors thing, and I wasn't going to do it, but I was looking at the guy, like the people that are directing the half hour comedies. Um, there's not that many of them, right? But one of the guys came from the CFC, and I was like, "Fuck, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> this is you know, this is a path to get to there." Yeah, I guess, yeah. You know? And it's so hard to find a path, right? Like I always find that because everybody. Like, you're always, or I am anyway, like, always looking for advice, and I I barely ever get the same piece of advice from anybody. Yeah. It's always just, like, do do it over and over again, Yeah, and it'll feel like shit, and most of the stuff you do won't matter, but then eventually, maybe something will. Yeah, it's exactly like going to the gym and working out. It's like, yeah. anybody that, talks, that you talk to has, like, they have different advice of, like, of diets and, like, and whatever, ever, yeah. and, like, you know, you talk to somebody and they're like... You know, uh, make sure you're eating a lot of cod, and somebody else is like, stay away from the meat, and so yeah, like, you yeah. just don't know what to believe or what's right, and then you sort of end up, I guess, like sort of making your own path by just taking pieces of advice that you find along the way. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I don't fucking know. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I know is that like the only big change for me was that like. I went to broadcasting school and I graduated in 2007. I was working through the trenches of being a PA and like an yeah. assistant editor and stuff like that. The thing changed for me when I went out and shot my own movie on my own for yeah. the first time in 2010. And so that's when I sort of realized a bunch of things. But one of the main things is that like, you know, you have uh, a lot of people that say they want to make stuff and, you know, you cut out. 90% of your competition by just going and doing it the yeah. first time. Yeah. Because, yeah, the, the the visual is way better than the synopsis. Yeah. You know? Or even yeah. just talking about it because everybody talks about how they want to do it. Yeah. And uh, people take you a lot more seriously if you're able to organize, uh, like, a volunteer group of people to go out and shoot something, you know? Yeah. Uh, you just, you, uh, you know, you people know that you're taking it more seriously, I guess. Yeah. And, of course, you get in the practice of doing it, too. So, like, that was a huge thing. And you talked about like reading stuff. I used to, I used to be so worried about sending stuff out for people to read. Oh yeah, like it's not ready yet, you know, and like, or you worried about being judged. And the first movie I made was called Fuck or Fight, and um, and I was like that, you know, throughout the entire process of pre-production. And then we were shooting on the second day, and at some point I had a box, of, a box of scripts, and like in the movie we were at a bar that had like about 50 other people, I didn't yeah. know any of them, and they had a box of scripts, and uh, it got misplaced, and in the holding area, I went up yeah. at midday, went up in the holding area, and like the extras had found all the scripts, and oh, they were really? reading, I was just <laughs> going to the room, they're all reading the scripts, and so after that day, I was like, I didn't give a fuck anymore, right. who yeah, was reading yeah. my stuff. Uh, so that was a good. That was probably the best thing to come out of that movie. I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a that's a hard thing to get over. Like now, I know. Like even I, I put my website together and I have all my films on that. And now it's like every time I go to hit the enter button after like putting my website down is like for reference. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, should I be? What should I take down? Like, yeah, how many yeah. of those things? Like, I'm trying not to show. Like, I'm trying to show that I make a lot of them, but I really want like, especially with those horror challenges. To be like, listen, this was forty eight hours, okay? Like that's all that's all we had, and but it, but it's hard to because most people aren't going to read the like. Listen, this is why it's not as good as it could be. Part yes, yeah. I know, yeah. And so like that's one, yeah. I've heard a bunch is like, don't criticize your work before you send it out to somebody else. You know, they'll sort of figure it out. But I mean, it's different, I guess, with a forty eight hour film challenge because it's like 
there's a, a lot of rules that are imposed on you. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. Like, uh, again, with Fuck or Fight, um, it's like, you know, every time I want to send that out, uh, or I do send it out, it's like, the movie's 22 minutes long, which is was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, like, you know, you, I was just so precious over everything. It's like, this needs to be in here. This needs to be in here. And I look at it now, and I'm like, I could get this movie down in 12 minutes. No yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you gotta let it go. But, um, so like every time that, if any circumstance that I'd want to send it out, and I do because I think that like for, even though it's super long and it's sloppy, um, you know, it was, it's still one of my favorite things. Right. One of the favorite things that I've done. And, um, and I think that like as a starting point, it's pretty good. Right. Um, but, you know, you really shouldn't, when you send something out to somebody, you really shouldn't say to them, you know, like, this is my first thing, so don't yeah, judge yeah, it too yeah, harshly, yeah, sure. and like, and I wish I could get it down more. You just sort of, like, send it out and let them sort of judge it. Right. Because, I mean, before I made any other movie, I had that movie, I had Fuck or Fight uh, was my only movie for about a year or so, mm-hmm. and, like, I was sending it out to writers on Doyle, and, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> unabashedly, and, like, yeah. and, and they liked it, you know, a lot of them had to watch it in a couple of different, you know, yeah, sessions, because yeah. it's fucking 22 20 minutes, minutes long, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, so, I mean, there was a point in time that I was super proud of it, and, and I think I still kind of am, but it's not, like, the first thing that I would send anybody right. now, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is, it, it's interesting to try to figure out those things and like how to leverage because it's all leveraging like it's like you're you're never you're never done like like none of us will ever be done i don't Mm. think uh depressing it is yeah (laughs) but also like it's kind of exciting because i always i'm always thinking every time i finish something i'm like oh that's it i'm never gonna convince anybody to let me do this again yeah so it's like I'm, i'm always just i feel like i'm fighting to just, like, get that next chance kind of thing. Yeah, and there seems to be a timeline, too, or, or there's, like, um, like Tarantino says that he's going to stop making movies, I think, after his... It was either by the time he's 50 or he's made his 10th or something like oh, that. okay. Because his philosophy is that, like, after you hit that time, then you have the directors lose or filmmakers lose whatever it was. They don't have anything else to say anymore. Right, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of in the back of my mind, too. But, I mean, like... You know, I mean, he's kind of coked out, so I don't know how much <laughs> you should really be, like, listening to that. Because there's other guys, like Michael Hanke is this uh, Austrian filmmaker that is, like, I don't think he started making movies until he was in his 50s, and he's, like, 80 now. Wow. And he's still, like, he made this movie called Funny Games. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't. It's a great horror film. Okay. I guess, like, you could call it a horror film. It's like, oh, my God. He, he made it, uh, I think it, it's... Uh, Austrian, maybe German, perhaps French. I don't know. Right. <laughs> it's a foreign language. It's somewhere, yeah, it's somewhere in the Europe <laughs> yeah. area. It's European. Yeah. yeah. And then he remade it shot for shot uh, in English. Uh, not too long ago, Tim Roth is in it, Naomi Watts. Oh, okay. And Michael Pitt and somebody else. And uh, it's like, it's, it's a home invasion movie. But it's really, um, it's really brutal to watch. And it's not even that, it's not that violent. It's just like really torturous to watch. Right. And it's hard to get through. And like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, it's, I, I'd highly recommend it. Like, if you're, if you're, I know that you're like writing, uh, horror and like, yeah, yeah. Get into that. And just the fact that I think the guy was like in his 80s when he, yeah, when he did the remake of it. It's just like brutal. Yeah. And that's like, that's that. That sort of it, it may never end 
I think like the Tarantino thing, people say that about uh, comedians too. Mm. Sort of like comedian is also a very late start. You don't see many comedians that are like in the public light that are like under 35. Yeah. Um, and the like, uh, but people sort of talk about how it's harder and harder to, to continue after a certain point. Like when you hit that high amount of fame, like you stop being able to relate <laughs> sort Absolutely. of thing. So it's yeah. like, there's that. Yeah, I know. And it's happening. I think it's happening to Ben Stiller now. Oh yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, like, you know, Zoolander two came out, uh, mid February. Right. It didn't do well. And like, um, I, I haven't seen it, but I think it's a rehash of like the original Zoolander, which came out in 2001. Yeah. Which was hilarious back then. Oh yeah. But it does not work. I doubt that the same jokes work a decade and a half later. You right. Know? Yeah. And it's the same thing, like, Steve Martin used to be, you know, was touted as, like, a genius comedian. And I watch his stuff, and I say, yeah, I could see it, but it's not funny, you know? I don't right. find it funny. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many examples. Like, I mean, George Carlin, everybody, you know, doesn't need, don't need to get into how important he is. Yeah. But I don't really turn on his stuff and laugh at his stuff anymore. Because, I mean, you know, with his sort of, like, seven words you can't say, like... Yeah. I mean, people are saying cocksucker all over the place yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it doesn't have the same effect that it did when he was the first guy to say it, Right. You know? And a lot of the stuff that gets shared around from George Carlin now, I find, is stuff that is being said sort of more, more widely. Because he was way ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, now all of his stuff is coming out and it fits perfectly with, with what people are, are fighting for. Like, especially, like, with... Uh, with like the big Bernie Sanders, like this guy's actually saying things that are important, and then you have George Carlin who said the exact same things, just yep. in a different in a different sort of place. It's yeah. true, yeah, I know. He's uh, and I remember watching his stuff when I was younger too. And again, like he, I never found him funny, but he always made like really great points or yeah. like you know. Uh, and I think that 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 sort of translates. Um, and yeah, so but I think it's just like the way that the culture changes and. It, and I'd imagine that as we sort of move forward, it's, it's with everything else, it's probably going to, your shelf life is probably going to be shorter and shorter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at, because people get sick of things so easily. I'm surprised that Lucy C.K. has been on top now for like three or four years, I guess. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> and, and surprised that the public hasn't turned against him at this yeah. point, you know? <laughs> Uh, you look at somebody like Jennifer Lawrence, she was huge and like, and something happened in the past year that people yeah. don't like her anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's and a, it's like, I, I've, I've still like, I still go to everything that she's in mm -hmm. because I'm like, well, she's, she's great. She's only going to take great stuff. And like, it, it's just, you know, like I went and saw Joy and I was expecting to just be blown out of the water by Joy. Yeah. And then I saw it and I was like, I left and I was like, that was like, it was good. Mm -hmm. I liked it, but yeah. I wasn't like. I was kind of surprised that she took the role kind of thing. Yeah, well, that was David O. Russell, and she's always, she said, I think, in the press leading up to that, she'll say yes to anything that he does. Right. Because she, you know, he obviously gave her, like, her legitimacy. She, you know, he did the, oh, what's the one that she won the Oscar for? The, Silver Linings Playbook, yeah. Right, and then American Hustle, I think, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so... She, you know, so I can understand that, but I mean, and I love David O. Russell, but I've heard that it wasn't like, it wasn't like a Oscar, you know. Yeah, it wasn't American thing. Hustle, for sure, and yeah. it wasn't Silver Linings Playbook, for sure, because both of those, when I saw those, I was like, these are great movies. Yeah, yeah. And like, Jennifer Lawrence in American Hustle 
is like one of my like when she her angry cleaning sequence in that I still like I think of that all the time. It's so it's just such a funny bit of physical yeah, comedy and such yeah. like a such like a brutal movie. He's great. Like he's David Russell does like he does he does all his movies virtually are like nominated for like the big awards. Actors love working with him. Yeah, right. But he like he is walking a line of like comedy and like and 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 dramatic. You know. Yeah, uh, which is cool. He's one of my favorites. Um, I love, um, uh, I Heart Huckabees, which is, oh. this is like not, it's, people know it of, uh, as the movie that, uh, Lily Tomlinson freaks out on, like, yeah, they have yeah. video footage of him freaking out. Yeah, he, when he goes out through the fake door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He straight up, I think he straight up calls her a cunt. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty vicious. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And like, and he's got that reputation too, because I think he got into like a fight with George Clooney on Three Kings and stuff yeah, like and that. Yeah. And every, everybody unanimously says George Clooney is is the nicest and easiest to get along <laughs> yeah. with guy on set. And they, yeah. uh, they had a huge falling out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got a chip on his shoulder for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, beyond that, too, is that Jennifer uh, Lawrence had this sort of, like, persona that uh, people on the net, anyway, seemed to be able to say, like, you know, that she was, like, a normal girl and she would go on talk shows and be like, I like eating chips. And yeah. people were like, yeah. Yeah, uh, chips are great. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, at some sort of award ceremony, she gave uh, a reporter that uh, was, like, a yeah, he was, English was a second language or something, and he was reading his questions off the phone, and she gave him some attitude on Oh, that. yeah. And then, like, I, I go on Reddit a lot, and they were, like, the first people to sort of prop her up on this, like, level. Right. And, like, they're tearing her down now. <laughs> it's just, like, really so... Just no loyalty. It's all yes. just, like, what's happening immediately? Yeah. I know, yeah. And so, like, you know, I'm not a person that would ever be... A, in, well, I don't want to say that. I'm not somebody that strives to be in front of the camera, but I don't know why anyone would really want to these days. Yeah. Because I don't know what kind of benefit you would get from it. Right. You know? And it's, uh, it's, I always thought that about fame in general. When I talk to people who are like on the path, like looking for fame, it worries me about, about that. I'm like, I'm, cause it's, that's, that's never something like I'm, I'm always shooting for comfort. I just don't want to be sweating so much at the end of every month being like, are we going to make it? Are we going to get through this month? Like mm. that's like, I'm, I'm shooting for that kind of thing, but it's like, I would like to stop pretty quickly after that. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. I guess like from, you know, but I, I don't know that that's a train that you can really control when no. you jump on. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's funny that, you, you know, there was a poll, this is years ago now that there was like a, a British poll. I think it was out of Britain that, um, was surveying kids coming out of, high school and asking them what they wanted to be, like what their career path was going to be. Right. And, and um, like a majority of them said that they wanted to be like reality TV stars. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And like, but, and even at this time, like, I mean, all the like reality TV stars, I mean, like, you, oh, you don't make any, you don't make any money. You're just ridiculed. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and they're forgotten, you know? Yeah. It's like fast food. You're the fast food of celebrity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just sort of consumed and gone. So, but, you know, um, so, yeah, a lot of people, I guess, um, being famous or, like, being noted is, is like, a huge thing for them. But, like, um, it's just everybody's so fickle and, and jaded these days that, like, I don't, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't wish that. I'd wish it on people I don't like because it would be fun. But, like, it's not something I would want for sure. I wouldn't right. be able to take that, like... I can barely take criticisms, like, from people that I know, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and like, like I love, I, I, I'm still, I'm very much on the criticism train. Like, I love to hear it, uh, and and that's the. I've never, I guess, I've never gotten to the point. Like, I'm still craving it because I barely ever get it. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, like, I'm at a very low level of operating, so the number of people that are seeing my things are very small, and probably I know all of them. So yeah. they're like, nobody's gonna like tear me a new asshole over something that I've done because they sort of know. Yeah. You know, what's on the go. And yeah, and like, um, especially like sort of being uh, from a small town like St. John's where everybody knows everybody anyways, and you're going to end up working on the next shoot or want yeah. to work on the next shoot. It's hard to be open in your criticisms. Um, and I know of people that have tried to be critical of other people and like have been shut down. And, oh, like, really? Yeah. yeah. And, like, and cut out of people's lives. It's happened to me too, like indirectly. And like, um, yeah, and and I mean that sucks because you can't really get better without it. Yeah, if there's anything I can say about my movies is that they're like kind of audacious. I don't know if that's the right word. They're obnoxious, they're right? Obnoxious <laughs> films. And so, like when Infanticide played at the Atlantic in 2013, it played, uh, it did its screening or whatever, and like uh, the people that I talked with afterwards um, were either really on board or they were not concerned about being like passive aggressive towards me oh, or yeah. whatever like i'll be like yeah i did like infanticide and like i remember one girl was just like oh you know <laughs> <laughs> and like didn't try to hide it all. Right. knew what she was doing it was just sort of like okay and i backed away from the conversation yeah it's like, like all right later yeah and uh and i'm fine with that but like um yeah it's uh so you know i've, I've always uh i've always made stuff that people haven't been afraid to and haven't been afraid to tell me that they didn't like, and more so maybe have even been designed for people to not like. Okay. You know, um, like, the irony of Infanticide is that it got success, and it was really supposed to, it was supposed to, and I was looking at the director's notes of this a couple of months ago, but, like, the point of the movie was, like, trying to, like, upset people, but not give them a real reason to be upset. Right. You know? We don't, sh- you know, because, I mean, the, the conceit is that, we kill six or seven babies. Yeah. But you don't see any on screen, and there's no swearing, and the sexuality's all gone, and, yeah, like, yeah. it's very sort of, like, happy or whatever, and, um, and so, like, I guess, like, the troll in me, th- th- or, like, <laughs> just can imagine, <laughs> like, you know, uh, just after screens, people being like, I'm upset about that, and then I, you know, in my mind, I'd be like, but what? I didn't yeah, do anything yeah. wrong. <laughs> I'm not yeah. touching you. Yeah. I'm not touching exactly. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, like, but, um, you know, a lot of people ended up liking it. So, <laughs> so I, don't really like it. <laughs> I don't really like the movie as a result. Another failure, Patrick. Another failure. <laughs> so when you uh, when you go through like uh, uh, thinking about a new project, like does it do you sort of go at it from a varying sort of angles, or like are there certain things that inspire you towards projects? Um, it's weird. I mean, it's different with everything, you yeah. know. Um, with um, like with Fucker Fight, it was a conversation that I had with somebody when I was walking down uh, George Street. Um, with uh, the next movie I did was uh, Audition, and uh, that came about because I was like sort of list. I was watching a movie, but not really paying attention to it. I misunderstood what was happening in a scene. Okay, and then uh, I went back and looked at it and realized that like I was completely wrong. But I was like, but. 
that could be, you know, my right. fuck up could be an interesting type of short film. Yeah, yeah. And then in fantasy, I was listening to a radio show and um, on CBC, and some guy on there said the word fantasy. It was the first time I'd ever heard the word. Right. But he said it in such a way that it was like, it was just really powerful. And I like, uh, and I imagined what, it just sort of like came to me, like just sort of like that. Um, I've been trying to make this other film called Martin Luther King Jr. that will never get made, but it came from a conversation with my buddy who works as a sales guy in downtown Toronto, and he was really exhausted one night, and he was uh, he was sort of fed up with his job, and I was like, what's wrong? He was like, I'm just sucking so much dick at work. And so right. I was like, what if that was the actual job <laughs> he had? <laughs> so you can understand, I guess, why that's not getting any yeah. <laughs> And it's so, a tough pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially like with Canada, like <clears throat> if you um, if you're gonna make something, you're sort of applying to um, a place by committee, you know? Yeah. And or it's like government funding, or you are are trying to appeal to a committee of people, so that even if you if one person out of say seven uh, is like, let's take a risk on this idea, the other yeah. people are more concerned about their position or whatever, and would never right. do yeah, that. Yeah. It's like the IPF, the uh, in, uh, Independent Production Fund that does all the web stuff. Yeah. They just finished up their uh, sort of like short list. Yeah. They do a month where people like, it's for web stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So like uh, web series ideas. So for the month of March, people are pushing their proof of concepts and then based on, uh, on this sort of very thin package, which is like kind of a, a synopsis, proof of concept, and an idea for how you're going to market the thing. Uh, they short down the list to, I think, 17 projects. They have 107 people on their board deciding what? who's going to... 107 people! There's wow. not 100... There's not 107 people in the world that... You wouldn't even it. be able to meet everybody on the committee. Like, no. you go out and be like, oh, who's that? It's like, oh, that's Dave. He sits at the other side of the table. Oh, man. It's kilometers just like, down that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, they're getting... People are, prob- are definitely just sort of emailing in the top, whatever, five choices, and then, like, whatever, like... There's three people in the world that can give a good, you know, can give good advice on what a web series should be, and yeah. like they work for Netflix, Hulu, and Show Me. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Other than that, like, fucking web st- is still like the biggest question mark. In it's like, what makes it work? Like, what makes it? How do you get people to watch a web series? You yeah. Know? Like, uh, and and like I always look at like Broad City. Mm-hmm. Like Broad City had their their web series, which was like it was good. Uh, it wasn't as good as the show, obviously, but I, I guess, like, it's like, how do you get that in front of the Amy Poehler who's going to be like, oh, yeah, let's give these guys a shot kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's the million-dollar question. They, because, uh, I, I, you know, the the guys that did uh, that do Workaholics is the same sort of deal, yeah. too, right? Um, and, like, so there's, like, two sort of paths, which is, like, you could do your kind of, like, sketch show or your sketch troupe kind of videos. Yeah. Which I don't know if anybody is really doing well with that these days. It was like, I remember like sort of when YouTube came up and there was like, um, oh God, was it Good Neighbor or whatever? Oh, I'm not sure. There was like, there was the guy that, um, Donald Glover was in one. Oh, Derek Comedy. Derek Comedy. Comedy. And there was like, uh, Whitest Kid You Know is another one. Yes, yeah, yeah. There was like, so like the sort of the pioneers when YouTube, I don't even think was monetized at that point, um, you know, producers obviously were going there and like, and like, okay, we can convert yeah. that. 
I don't know that that's happening much these days anymore. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't really watch. I don't watch sketch shows on on YouTube anymore. I just sort of watch. No, Key and Peele is the only thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, they yeah. like they have their own show, and yeah. they're done now, right? I think yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They were like they just tapped out while they were on top. Yes, yeah, smart yeah, stuff. It is. Yeah, um, yeah. I pretty much just use YouTube for watching people like with confidence fail at something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the and like I like that more than like most TV shows. Oh I yeah, watch. there's like, there's a guy on there who you could monetize in a real way who just keeps. All he does is just like he buys things that he shouldn't eat and then he eats them. Like oh. he's like he's like I'm gonna eat this stick of deodorant and I'm like yeah all day like all day I'm gonna watch this guy. Yeah yeah, yeah. who's who's that guy? It's um, called Shoe Nice. Yes yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. so I, I guess like I've been uh, starting to watch. Um, I heard of him through this other uh, uh, channel called H three H three. Okay I don't know if you've heard of that. No I haven't. It's just one guy kind of, like, doing commentary on all the shitty people that are on YouTube. Right. Like, the people that are doing social experiments, which is, yeah, like, the yeah. new pranks, you right. know? Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty good. But, like, I was watching the Afro Ninja video uh, last night. I don't know if you remember that one, but that's the one yeah, that yeah. starts off with the guy that, like, goes, like, huh. Yeah, and then, <laughs> he like, does his backflip. And, and then yeah. face plants and then still tries to do it. <laughs> and it's still as funny now as it was ten years ago. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> whoop, whoa. That is everything. That video is everything, and it, uh, that that video is everything that I love in comedy. Right, and like, and the <laughs> confidence, uh, yeah, yeah, and the the tragedy of it all is that I'll never be able to make anything that's as funny as right. that. <laughs> yeah, never. Yeah, it is. It is a it is a sad thing. Like I've I've watched so many videos of like just kids getting hit with soccer balls and stuff like that. That mm. I'm like. I'm like, how do you capture that essence of yeah? You know, and, and it's not like like I'm I'm not even a big fan of like big violent comedy like uh a lot of the things that i like like i'm a huge fan of it's always sunny Mm -hmm. and just sort of like that improvised feel like all on top of each other yeah and they're all so strong that even in like the maelstrom of their conversations you can pick out each person's point of view i know like it's so unique i've always wondered like how they do the how they script out those arguments because i'm sure like it is improv but there's so many lines that like i can imagine that like on the script it's just like five like columns of people just yelling stuff yeah yeah you know I've tried to find like real because the only type of uh, of scripts that I've been able to find from that are transcribed. Yeah, I've never real. seen a, like a full like I've only seen the transcribed ones, which are impossible to follow. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of it comes down to like in brackets like yelling, like and that's <laughs> that's like all it is. Because yeah. like uh, Reno Reno nine one one did the mm. same sort of thing. They didn't have a script. Yeah, they just had the the scriptments. I read their their book and they were talking about their scriptments where it's just like a treatment. And they're like, this is a funny bit of dialogue that we have to have in here. But basically, it's like, here's where you're starting. Here's where you're finishing. You have this long. Cool. I guess that's thing. probably the same way that Kirby Enthusiasm went down, too. It must have. Yeah. Yeah. Really similar. And that trying to, like, infuse that and just, like, having faith. Because it's it's nothing worse than, like, knowing you have funny actors and then, like, just not being able to serve them well enough or something like that, you know? Well, and you wouldn't be able to... I doubt that you'd be able to get any funding from, a, like, a council or anything where, where your script is, is like, just a synopsis or, like, yeah. an outline. I don't think that they would go for that. Right. I've always felt that, that they wouldn't go for that. So yeah. they end up, like, passing in this, like, sort of... And, like, I mean, it's so hard to get a tone of comedy on script. Yeah. That if somebody's reading it the wrong way, it's the lamest thing in the world. Yeah, I know, yeah. So, like, you never know when you're sending it in. Yeah, because comedy is so much delivery. Well, like, it's so... Tone, it's, yeah. yeah, and so it's like... It, 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 I've always found that really hard, and I'm very scared to submit 
comedies yeah. into things for funding because it's it's the same sort of thing where I feel like I I need to get to to a higher point on something that will sell. Like horror is the closest thing I can do to drama. Yeah. Like I just I don't have that much interest in writing drama. Um I feel like there's enough people doing a lot of it for me to like want to even jump into that sort of thing. Absolutely. And so like, you know, the the thing is is that like dramas are like a dime a dozen and that's what gets funding from most of the councils and and stuff. And uh and none of them are really that sort of like uh, noteworthy or like I mean, it's so hard to do a good dramatic film. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to start. I don't know. No, me neither, yeah. But like genre films are like Really, it's really just like horror films. It's like the only type of, of movie that like that you can that people are interested in just based on what the genre is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, most of them suck, but it's not the same as like nobody is like I'm a fan of comedy movies. You yeah, know? like yeah. I'll go see anything that's described as a comedy. <laughs> oh no, of course not. No, that's, that's an insane person <laughs> trying to do that. Oh my I like god, drama films. Like yeah. you know, all of them. Like sci-fi, maybe you could get away with, but like. Yeah, um, and there's just not enough funding for it in Canada, anyways. Nothing makes any sense in Canada. Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, there's so much talent here, and there's so much government money to be able to fund stuff. And, like, everybody's like, we don't have a star system here, or, like, yeah. we don't have enough money to put it into it. But then, like, you see movies that come from the States that, like, kill it, that have no names in it, but are, yeah. like, and no real money either. But, like, they're just cool, interesting ideas. Maybe they're a bit dangerous. Maybe they're a bit out there. Or yeah, yeah. But in Canada, the system is just, like, it's so, like, it's a board of people. It's, like, it's not a very fun, funny joke. And I'm not sure I 100% uh, understand it. But people say a camel is uh, what a horse looks like when it's designed by committee. Okay. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying, yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it means, but I've seen right. it pop up and uh, I will uh, lay it down on people's Yeah, sometimes. yeah. Well, a camel's <laughs> kind of a stupid looking horse. Like, it's, <laughs> you'd be like, if you didn't know camels existed, you'd be like, oh, look, a broken horse. Like, yeah, that's, that's a like terrible... Yeah, it needs two humps, yeah, you know? Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. It's, because uh, I mean, like, what, some of the things, like... I get really shocked, and I feel bad about this, but, like, I do get shocked when I see, like, something really good that's also Canadian. Like, I remember when uh, when Orphan Black came out, yeah. I had to search online, because I was like, this isn't Canadian. Yeah. Like, I was watching that, and I was just, like, blown away, and, like, such an awesome, cool, it's, like, a really cool concept, mm-hmm. extremely well executed, and then you've got, like, Tatiana Maslany in there just, just tearing it apart. Yeah, like, she's yeah. just absolutely incredible. And I, I remember seeing that and like, it goes so dark, so quick that I was, I had to check cause I was like, this seems like something that would get shut down or would get like, not just wouldn't make it through that committee process. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that was developed at the CFC. Yeah. And then, um, I know that it got picked up by space, but I think it had a lot to do with, uh, BBC America coming on board with it too. It right. is like, it's a rarity that. It's rarity that anything good comes on. I it's rarity that anything good comes on space TV, anyway. Right? You know? yeah. Like, I mean, it's that they don't invest a whole lot of money into original program that comes out. Like, they have the Killjoys, which is like, I mean, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Granted, it might be really good. It doesn't look very good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen anything uh, on on that network in a in a very long time. They I had, just haven't. Yeah. They had a uh, they had a pretty good half hour show called um, Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Oh yeah, yeah. That was, um, 
they only got two seasons out of it, and I think their biggest name on there was like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But it right. developed a pretty good cult following. Yeah, and like, uh, but it came from like a short film, and like, I mean, this is sort of what we're saying at the beginning. It's like the path to get there is like it's different for everybody yeah. else. Yeah. So like, this guy made a short film that played at TIFF, and then he developed it. I think through the NSI, maybe. Um, uh, they have like a television program. And then, like, you know, it happened to get picked up for, I think, two seasons, 12 episodes. Didn't make a huge impact in the ratings. But, I mean, it was space anyways. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. cable television. Uh, but it developed, like, a cult following. I think that they're getting ready to do, like, a cartoon version of it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, a, as a crowd-sourcing uh, sort of thing. Cool. So, there you go, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, I mean, try to, try, you know, try... To try and, and mirror that path, it probably wouldn't work out. Yeah. I mean, try getting into TIFF. First yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like impossible yeah. anyways. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. And then, like, most of the time that you go through these programs that, like, claim that they'll develop your pro your television program or whatever. Right. They'll totally television. I don't think anything else has come out since that has made it on broadcast television. Right. I was talking to somebody the other day about this Just for Laughs thing that they do a year, like, around the festival where you come in and you pitch your comedy uh, show yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Has anything ever come out of that? No, no. Yeah. you got to pay your own way to go there yeah. and get, like, <laughs> get ridiculed by them. Yeah. You know, I mean, executives from the States get their uh, trip paid for. Right. To go and sit for a couple of hours and watch, like, you know... These poor scared kids go up and like embarrass themselves and be told that your idea is like pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. yeah, oh, yeah, we like it. We like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. To me, it's like my philosophy has always been like produce your own work. Just keep on producing content. Produce, yeah. produce, produce, and see what hits. You know, um, I've I've done. I've done five projects that I've like been the creator of. I would say mm-hmm. one of them has been noteworthy. Um, uh, you know, one was a web series that I'm, I'm happy with, but never really did anything. Um, I got to do another web series now, uh, sometime this year, um, based on infinite possibilities. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, um, and like, I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do? You do like a, a bunch of five minute sort of episodes, which nobody really wants to watch content that is in five, like, yeah, not like written fictional content. Nobody really wants to watch five minutes worth of, of anything unless yeah. it's like, unless it's like, you know, I don't know, like, you know what, there's like, the, there's these short docs almost sort of things, yeah. like things that like, you know, pluck at the heartstrings or Absolutely. are saying something important about like, yeah, but, but comedy wise, like, even, even, I was shocked at how little even like Key and Peele got shared around. Yeah. For like how, like, like you wouldn't see that on, you had to go looking for that. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that was, that was always the type of thing that I was like, why? Like, why aren't we, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I don't think anybody really started watching that until like, I think the Family Matters one where, um. With the Steve Urkel. Yeah. Yeah. But. A key or peel, I'm not sure who's who, but the guy that did the Carl impression did a really good Carl yeah, impression, yeah. and I remember that one sort of being shared around. Um, the, the I always saw the the substitute teacher with the name. Oh yes, yeah, that was the one that I saw. Yeah, got shared around. I think that was how I found out about them. Was I saw that one video? Yeah, and I was just going through and just watch. They have this like they have this seven minute long thing about a guy ordering a pizza. <laughs> and he's order yeah he's ordering three pizzas he's yeah. trying to convince the other person that there's lots of people there and that yeah. he's not just eating them all by himself yes. and 
they just break the concept. Just like there's no one will ever be able to do it again because they just like they just yeah. do it perfectly. It's crazy. My favorite ones of theirs is is the Continental Breakfast is really funny. Yeah, and it ends with like the the tw- uh, the Shining ending. Yeah, where it's like you've always been here. It's such a weird ending. And then the um, the one that is um, it's made to look like an 80s fitness uh, sort of thing. It's just oh, got a really yes. good song. It's not even that funny. It's just like really weird. Like yeah. they're just doing a dance routine and a guy has like uh, cue cards telling uh, telling one of the guys, Jordan, yeah. that uh, that his family's been in an accident but he has to keep on dancing yeah, and they're dance just doing through this, it. Yeah, like, yeah. With this really happy music. Did you find out it was the other guy's fault? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's good. But I mean, other than that, like, yeah, five, people that are willing to put in the five, ten minutes to watch something, like, want to watch somebody, want to watch, like, uh, somebody embarrassing themselves, you know, for real. Yeah. Uh, or like, yeah, documentary or commercials, like the Coke commercial where everybody's in the dark and they, uh, people are describing themselves. Right, yeah. And then everybody has to say what they think they look like and then it's like, oh, the guy that's, a, you know, into ballet is this big tattooed guy. Yeah, like, yeah. It affirms, you know, reaffirms your faith in humanity and shit yeah. like that. And then there's like 10 second videos of twerking pigs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. nobody really wants to watch like five minutes of, of written content. And it makes sense. You can't really get into too much in yeah. five minutes. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, the concept that I had for my website uh, series, Day in the City, was that it was a um, it was a 90s after school special, like teaching kids... Um, teaching kids like recycling and stuff like that, so there wasn't a huge like uh, plot to get through. Right. In a particular episode, um, there was like there was an arc, but it was like really s- subtext and stuff. Right. So and it was and the whole point behind it was to sort of strip away any sort of like easy jokes. It was based. I saw this um, web series called Catherine. Okay. It was done by Jenny Slate, who was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, hugely successful uh, web videos for her, I think it was a fucking clam or something that she had a high voice. Marcel the Shell? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the most annoying fucking thing in the world. (laughs) And like, and like, and her videos got into Sundance and then she went on to do this web series that's infinitely better called Catherine. Right. Which is about nothing. It's just like nothing happens in it. Yeah. She goes, you know, one episode, <clears throat> the very first episode, she's at home. She gets a call asking if she'll come back into work. And yeah. That, and there's no joke there, but it's just like, they just take so long to get to the point that right. it just becomes absurd and it's funny. Right, yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to try something like that. Because, like, in fantasy, it was very much, like, beat by beat, like, joke, set up, right. joke, set up, joke. And, like, it was through... And it was, you know... Uh, and it was good for what it was. Um, but this was all about, like, missing the punchline or missing the beats or, you know, really stretching out the timing of it so that yeah. it's not funny and so that it becomes funny. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, that being said, I mean, the, uh, even with that, we got, I think the most that we got was about 5,000 for an episode where we pretended to have John Travolta in the episode. Right. <laughs> so a lot of people like went and saw it and, uh, and most of the views that we got were people that were very upset with it. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People were very, very unhappy with it. Really? Series, which is like, uh, it was great for me. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, yeah, that, that like, reaction you couldn't get from your fantasy. <laughs> they hate me. They really hate yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the the web. The web world is a 
is a really interesting world. I always find, like, I, I think one of my biggest, the things that holds me back, and especially in comedy, is that I go very high concept. So, like, we worked, like, you, you helped me with Moving On. Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, I, I was very, like, I was happy with how Moving On turned out. But the one thing that I really regretted was that it's not funny. Like, it didn't end up Tricky. being a funny movie because there's just so much happening that we didn't have time to let those beats, like, the very opposite of Catherine, where it was like, yeah. there's so much happening that you don't have time to sort of sit in those beats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. It's the exact same thing that happened with us on Infinite Possibilities, I think, is that, right. like, the production value of it, much like moving on, is, like, really good. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the special effects that you have in that movie, it's just, it's really good. Right. And our production value for Infinite Possibilities is really good. Mm -hmm. But in the process of making it look like the, one of the better projects that was going through Comic Coup is yeah. that, like, our jokes were just not where they could have been, you right. know? Right, yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't, uh, there was, I mean, we thought that it was funny at the time, but... Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like you realize sort of after the fact is like if we didn't try to do so much, especially in the first video and like maybe just sort of concentrated on making um, just trying to do one joke, which yeah. I mean, for 90 seconds, you really should only try to do one joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're just trying. Yeah. If you want to sort of have a, a bigger appeal and, you know, um, it's a lesson learned, you know? Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I mean, you've done other stuff, like, and I'm sure that you sort of, like, kick yourself, is like, you've done stuff in 48-hour film challenges, it's probably, like, infinitely funnier to you yeah. than this thing that you had been working on for a fucking year, yeah, yeah. and had a bunch of money to be able yeah, to get yeah. into it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and it crazy. is, it's like, and then I look back at it, and I watch it, and I'm like, I'm like, this isn't really showing off, like, it shows off the the special effects side of things, Yeah. but the part that I want people to see is, like, the, the comedy director, and, yeah. that's just, and it's not there. It's, like, non-existent in this movie. So it's, like, a, um, it's it's really interesting with with projects like that, because on the page, it felt so funny. Absolutely. I was yeah. just going to say, like, there was no... I mean, we had a couple of sessions with the script, and at no point was there, like... There was some notes about, like, adding stuff, but, like, yeah. there was never, like... It didn't feel like it wasn't funny on paper, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that it isn't funny. I like that, yeah. you know? But I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I had that feeling, too, about a bunch of stuff that yeah, I've done. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and what I've found I've done, and, like, and what I didn't get a chance to do with Infinite Possibilities is that, like, with Infanticide, with all my movies, I've realized sort of after is that the second scene in each movie is where I get, like, the fucking plot out of the way and, like, right. the exposition is done in the second scene or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. like, and then everything else is sort of, we get back to the jokes. Yeah. You know, and so, like, but I mean, yours is kind of like, it was essentially sort of a, like a one kind of a one set sort of scene kind yeah. of movie, essentially, too. So yeah. it's, it's tricky to be able to do that. And that's why most comedy movies are shit. Even, like, right. features are, like, you know, they, it's like, it's so cookie cutter in the plot of mm. like, uh, you know, a loser trying to get out of a bad situation, embarks on some sort of contest yeah. while trying, you know, and the B plot is they're trying to f find a girlfriend, you know, yeah, yeah. that they piss off, but ultimately get back because they're cool, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, um, had Gilmore, like, any, every Adam Sandler movie is that exact yeah. plot. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, dirty work, um, Zoolanders that way, yeah, you yeah. know, and there's a reason for that, and that's because like once you got your plot down, you can just concentrate on making sure that the thing is supposed to be funny. At that yeah, point. yeah. Because so it's, it's I, I've been thinking about that. And I wonder if that's like what what you were mentioning before about like the the pitching, where it's like when you when you're pitching something, you have to have this like 
this synopsis that hits all the beats and people are like, well, if it doesn't hit this beat at this point in time, then they don't know how to write a screenplay or something like that. And mm. if, if you sort of break that mold, um, it can be, it can be sort of dangerous. And with comedy, like I, I remember I, I went to see Sisters and like, I forgot what Sisters was about most of the way through it. I really liked the movie. Yeah. Uh, and the only, the, all of the parts of the movie I liked were when they ignored the premise of the movie. Yeah. And just let them go wild in these, in these situations. Like they were like adult house party. It's like, we're, we're going to have a house party where adults, we're going to have the same people who were here in high school. We're all adults now. Okay, cool. And that's like one of the, that's like the best, that's the biggest part of the movie is just like this big house party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny and so much fun to watch. And like, so that was good. It's weird. I never saw it, but like, I mean, it's Amy Poehler and Tina Fey yeah. who like nail it. I never heard too much about the movie, you know? It, I think it came out at a really bad time, so it came out right at the same time as Star Wars, oh, I God, think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it got kind of buried by Star Wars, and uh, the whoever is doing comedy trailers now, oh, like, yeah. whatever company they're getting is terrible. Oh, it's man, it's the same for everything, right? Yeah. It's like, they always have, like, the yeah. beat drop, and somebody's just like, uh-oh, yeah. and boom, and then yeah. it's like the pop song is and playing. And somebody at the smashes end. into a pole, yeah, and yeah. you're like, oh, it's a wacky, yeah. Oh, uh, it's so annoying, yeah. so infuriating. And I think, uh, especially, like, uh, Megan McCarthy's getting destroyed by it. Because, yes. like, Spy is a really good movie. It is, yeah. But at no point in the trailers do they hint that she's good at her job, which yeah. is the best part of Spy. Yeah, it's, and, uh, oh, God, um... Uh, Oh uh, god, what's the guy's name that's in it? The handsome, handsome bloke. What's his name? Handsome. Uh, Jude, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jude Law. Yeah, Jude Law. He's really good in He's it. He's good. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, I said Megan McCarthy. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa yeah, McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know, and she's got this one, The Boss, coming out now, and it's just sort of like, and like Ghostbusters, and like she's just whoever's doing the trailers is, you know, they just want to see her waddle around as much yeah. as possible, and like, and sort of just be obnoxious, and like, I don't know if her time is up. <clears throat> I know that when I saw the spy trailer, I was like, I will never watch that. Yeah. And then I was on a flight, I think, and I watched it, and it was good. Yeah. I really liked it. It was super funny. And, I and was Jason really Statham is, is friggin' insane in that. Yeah. He's so funny in that yeah. movie. Um, yeah, I know. And, and so there are, like, few and far between. Like, that is a really good one. Uh, I really liked, um, I really liked, uh, I liked Sandberg stuff. Like, I like, um... Hot Rod? Hot Rod. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah. <clears throat> but it didn't make any money, you know. No, yeah. Um and MacGruber I thought was really good. Yeah, didn't I, make any money. Yeah, yeah. Uh and now I think though like there's sort of like two camps. There's always been like kind of two camps in Hollywood of like comedy makers and uh, in this day and age I think pretty much like um, Judd Apatow kind of controls everything. I yeah, think. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He's sort of like <laughs> the Christ, you know, touches everybody on the head and they ascend up to comedy heaven. Yeah. But like the two camps are kind of like, um, are uh, like Seth Rogen's camp and Andy Samberg's camp. Right. And they both look like they have, uh, two really good moves coming out this summer. Right. So like Samberg's got the one where he's kind of like Justin Bieber. Oh, I haven't seen that. No. Yeah, the trailer came out a little bit ago. I'm sure, like, it's, essentially it's like, it's uh, it's just sort of like about um, all the people behind the scenes that sort of prop up a, a pop star. Right, all okay. All the people that rely on uh, on a pop star being successful. Okay. And then Sausage Party is the... Oh, and Sausage was. Party, right, yeah. I yeah. think that's going to make a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. The animated stuff, um, I think, is... Uh, I think comedy's really finding some great legs in, in animation now, like adult comedy mm-hmm. um, yeah. is, is going like Rick and Morty's just like destroying yeah. the world right yeah. now. It's like the funniest. And like Bojack Horseman, um, 
Love that one. And they they really really not playing the easy game with with comedy. Like especially BoJack Horseman, F is for Family. Both of those, like the end of those seasons, are not even comedies. Yeah, they're just they're drama, and they're just there's so much in there. Absolutely, yeah. and so like hey, I know, and and even uh, Rick and Morty. I mean, Rick yeah. and Morty ended on a real bummer note. Oh, this oh season. yeah, yeah. And like they do have like those sort of moments of of like funny, mm-hmm. but I think that they're way more plot heavy. Like I would say I. Would, classify all three of those as sort of like dramedy yeah in my for sure I, I love all three of them and like it took me a while to get into bojack uh but i got really into like the second season i've watched that series i think two or three times yeah yeah at this point uh and i love it and it's like you know it's um you know there are funny parts but like i mean it's just like it's one of the most amazing uh series about like watching it it's like breaking bad but it's a horse you know yeah, yeah. sort of it's <laughs> yeah. just like watching the just just the it, this, the slow descent yeah, yeah like the imploding of this horse man yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a uh, cuz that's i'm it's one of the big things that i sort of want to get into have you ever thought about doing anything with like animation or yeah i've uh, for a bunch of reasons i i don't have any sort of like uh, skills in that but um there's a part of me that's like, I wish that I would be able to control everything on my own. Right. And like with animation, like, uh, you can just do everything on your own. And I can talk like this. Yeah, I yeah. Talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You want me to cut that out for you, real? I had an idea a couple of years ago about a, um, about a, like sort of a fat, uh, like eight year old kid, uh, whose best fr- friend is, a uh, sort of a, uh, a life-size smartphone. Oh, okay. And that's sort of all that I got with it. It was like, you know, it was sort of, I sort of imagined it kind of like uh, Adventure Time, where it was like... Right, yeah. But it was like a fat kid and like and a, and a life-size, like, walk-and-talking smartphone was his best friend. Okay. That's uh, that's a million-dollar idea. So yeah, well, <laughs> <sit on> that <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a while before this comes out, so you'll have time to sort of get that copyrighted and developed before. Yeah. <laughs> get on it right now. Yeah, and I, you know, every couple of months or so, I'm like, you know, I know I could probably go online and be able to find uh, like a tutorial about how to do your own animations. Yeah. And like, and you probably don't even need to have that great of like a skill set to draw or anything. Yeah, you probably have to have an idea for a look, you know. Yeah, Flash is actually like, have you ever, have you tried Flash? No, no. It's so funny. Like you make this, they have a, a skeleton tool, so you create a skeleton and then you can just articulate it at all the points that you want to. But like while I was learning to do that. Um, like every once in a while you just press play and it would just fall apart into this like horrendous like little blob uh, <laughs> and they're just twitching on the ground like you're like oh what have I done yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you feel like sort of a, a terrible god when you did you create these <laughs> things and you set up what they're supposed to do and you play and it's like no that's not what I wanted that's not what I wanted like it's, you just trash these things yeah. after a while yeah it's sort of like a new age Tamagotchi I guess I, I don't know. I would like to. Uh, I, I I wish. Part of me wishes that maybe I should have gotten into animation instead of going into broadcasting. Right. Um, you just look at like I mean the uh, the money that you can make from it is is amazing. Too. Yeah. And like and it's cheaper to make these days than ever before. Yeah. You know. Um, and like I mean, South Park has been probably one of the greatest influences of anything that I've ever done. Oh yeah. And. Um, I mean, and like, and their story for how they got to where they got is yeah. like another one of those stories of like a million to one sort of thing. Yeah. But like, you know, they were in their basement doing like, you know, stop animation with like pieces of cardboard. Yeah. 
And the shittiness of that animation was hilarious. It too. was. It was super funny. And like, they didn't the way care, they would like, waddle in and out. Of yeah, and, and like that's like their that. style. Like even when you watch like Cannibalism the musical, like yes. when they were doing that, like yeah. it was like it was like yeah, we couldn't make what we wanted to, and it's shitty. But we're gonna we're gonna tell you it's shitty. Yeah, and we're all fine with it. Everybody okay with it? And you're like, yeah, let's move on. Like, and like that was their that was their university project. Yeah, you know. And it's still like I mean, you look at that and you uh, and you could tell that these guys like. That, uh, you know, Trey Parker especially is, like, just genius. Or he had his yeah. tone down anyways. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't say he's a genius. It's sort of thrown around a little bit too easily. But he had his tone down. And yeah. it's, like, really funny. And then, like, Orgasmo is another yeah. amazing, amazing film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and even basically, like, everything that they sort of touch is just sort of, like... I was a kid when South Park came out. I remember that, like... On it was like it came on Saturday nights on ITV. Yeah, and like so you would have to make the choice. I think between either watching like Howard Stern and then like the Howard Stern E Show or the CBS Show, uh, and then in the South Park or Saturday Night Live. And uh, I usually ended up watching Howard Stern and 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 South Park. Yeah. And, you know, and they were so bad at the time. But I know, like, I yeah. mean, and, you know, the, you look at their early episodes now compared to, like, what Family Guy plays on a Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Prime time. It's, yeah. like, insane. Yeah, well, and the rules were so strict back then. And, yeah. Uh, so whenever they were getting away with anything, it was crazy. Like, I, And I loved how I knew how strict the rules were based on what was happening on that show. Because mm-hmm. they told you all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, what was the episode where they said shit six like enough times oh, to summon a, the devil or something because they, they were a, allowed to say shit now yeah and yeah so they had a counter to see how many times they could say it in yeah. one episode yeah 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 i know and that's like oh god i mean uh i don't even know how many seasons that thing is on now but i mean that was like that was well into their run yeah that yeah point. it was yeah their early stuff was like was that you know it, it was just sort of a step up from the simpsons where like bart simpson was saying hell and damn yeah like these guys i think were calling people assholes and stuff and there yeah. was an anal probe and stuff like that yeah and, yeah and even still like this was being played on comedy uh on comedy central which is a paid cable service yeah compared to a family guy which is like i don't know they're doing rape jokes and stuff like that yeah. and it's just insane how how uh how it's just insane how we're all kind of cool with with where those jokes have gone. Yeah, you know? yeah. For better or for worse. I mean, I don't. And I've yeah. seen like some really good comedians uh, do open mics. Uh, you know, and you know they're just not doing anything funny. I mean, yeah. Saw one guy do something about like it was something to do about uh, how he like getting choked during sex or something like right. that, or like or choking his girlfriend during sex or whatever. And it just didn't work. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, if you take it out of context and you just put that one joke up with, like, an audacious, like, scandalized sort of headline. Yeah, yeah. Ruin careers like that, Yeah, you know? yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad, I, you know, I did uh, an open mic once. I'll never do it again. Right. It's not my deal at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Tried improv. And, like, you know, mainly uh, if I go to comedy shows or uh, improv, it's to look for talent. Because, like... yeah. You know, you sort of, um, the reality of the situation is that if I'm not going to be acting in my own self, I need to find, uh, somebody that is, like, yeah. for comedy specifically. Yeah, yeah. Need to find, like, you know, Adam McKay found, like, Will Ferrell and, like, yeah. um, oh god, I can't remember the director's name, but, like, him and, um, him and Danny McBride. Oh, okay. They did the Fist Foot Way. 
he's been working with the same director for his entire career, right? right? Yeah, like, yeah. The guy created Eastbound and Down. Yeah, I would assume he's doing the like Vice Principal show or whatever that's coming up next. Right, essentially the exact same as Eastbound and Down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, so you know, um, I've been sort of searching for, uh, searching for that sort of talent or somebody that you know. And I have a friend, a friend of mine, Will, who was who was in. Uh, a Day in the City, the web series I did. Yeah. Untrained, but, like, hilarious actor. Right. But, you know, he's uh, he's got a life of his own, you know? And so, yeah, like, yeah. I was able to steal him away for two days kind of thing. But, like, unless I come to him with some sort of, like, you know, money in the bank kind of, like, you can leave your career, you know? Yeah, and, like, yeah. have the path set up for him. Right. And I don't think that that's really realistic at all. Yeah. So it's sort of like, you know, and, um, and... You know, I, I got a couple of people that are kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, but all of them have sort of found their own careers or whatever. So, yeah. like, so it's been sort of like a sort of a journey of, like, trying to find the talent, uh, somebody I can write for and, like, be able to, to direct. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, so that's sort of like, that's the, you know, that's one of the paths anyways. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I need to find. And... Uh, Getting back to, like, sort of what paths you're trying to do, I think that, like, instead of, like, the days of, like, sort of focusing on one way of going about it, you sort of have to spread yourself out, kind of like... Right. I mean, you're doing stand-up, you do improv, you do films, you do, uh, uh, like, I'd sort of say your 48-hour stuff is kind of like sketches, I guess. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Ish. Not really, but, like, um, so, you know, you're sort of, like, going down a bunch of different paths. Mm -hmm. You're doing horror films as well, so sort yeah. of like, you know... And that's, I think that's probably your best bet. You see, um, oh my God, I can't remember the guy's name. He's, uh, he's big in sort of the indie horror film. Um, he, he does like a bunch of, um, he does a bunch of, um, God, what's the name of the, um, I'm going to have to look this up. Oh yeah. <laughs> a bunch of info that I need to get here. There's, uh, Mumblecore is a type of, um, type of film. Oh, okay. I've heard that word, but I, I don't I don't think I've I don't associate it with anything yet. So um it's it you'll find most of them most of the movies sort of on Netflix. Um generally they'll do like a pretty good run in uh film festivals, don't really get a wide release. Right. But they'll be bought by a distributor and they're made for next to nothing. You normally like are like <clears throat> you know, they're made for uh, they're improv and they, uh, are made for dirt cheap. Right. So Joe Swanson is the guy's name. Okay. Uh, he acts in a bunch of movies. He's in Your Next. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He is in, he's, uh, you know, he's, he, uh, has directed a bunch of horror films. He's directed a lot of dramatic films. And he also acts on network, or not network television. He was in the league, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, I just want to make sure that that I'm right about that. Um, if it's not him, then it's his brother. It's the same sort of deal. I think the both of them kind of do the do the same thing, right? Uh, Mark Duplass is the guy's name. <laughs> Mark Duplass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it's the same deal. He's. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And his brother's Jace. So, like he has a movie that comes out like. He has a movie that comes out every fucking year. Um, and and now he's starting to get stars. Like, that's, oh, uh, yeah. what's her name from uh, from Mad Men? Oh, uh, okay. Elizabeth Moss. Oh, he did Safety Not Guaranteed? Um, he probably acted in that one. Oh, okay. Would be my guess. Um, 
Jeff who lives at home, who has a dude from The Office in it. Um, Cyrus that has Joan Hill and John C. Riley. So, like, right. he does a bunch of... Uh, so, he's gotten to the point that he's gotten stars that will want to do his films um, because, I guess, they're fun to do. Right. Let improv, you know. And uh, and anybody who sort of, like, likes acting would probably want to work on these films. But anyways, yeah. like, so, but he's got that going on. And he does a bunch of different genre films. And he is in a, was in a, a pretty well-known cable show and, like, making pretty good money on that, too. Yeah. So it's all about sort of spreading yourself out, I guess. Yeah, because I and I always I always get worried about that, like spreading out too far, because it's like I feel like uh, like I always wanted to write. Write was number one for mm-hmm. me, so it's like writing and directing are the two that I want to do the most. Yeah, like I do all, most of my work in front of the camera, and I'm trying to pull it way to the back of the camera. I just want to be back there. Um, but it's I, I'm always worried because like I like my director's reel right now. I would be in a bunch of the things that I directed because I also acted in them. Yeah. And I, uh, it feels very strange to be like, to have one reel instead of like, here's all the stuff I've done. I just did a bunch of stuff on it. Like I yeah. wore all the hats. I was the producer. I was the writer. I was the actor. Yeah. Like I, uh, the, the, in the last, uh, 48 hour challenge, we did the, uh, anti-rom-com one. Like we didn't have a crew at all. Yeah. So I I had a mic taped to a chair, <laughs> and, and I had a camera on sticks. That was like what we did. And yeah, so yeah. We, we had like like when you look in the credits, the credits are always like this long. So it's like here's the actors, and I just did a bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, I had like I think I got three <clears throat> three different reels. I had yeah. like a commercial reel and um, a film reel, and then. Um, I should have a, a reality television or, or factual reel, and I have uh, one that sort of touches on everything. Right. And so, so it's tricky because, like, I could do an editor reel and a producer reel or right. whatever. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I mean, I sort of done a bunch of everything on it anyways that you don't really need to specify, and it's just better, like, when you're applying for stuff like jobs or you're on Mandy.com or whatever, it's yeah, just yeah. easier to fucking send out just the one thing and, like... Yeah. If it's good, it's good. And the other thing, too, is that most of the people that have reels are fucking lying on it anyway. Oh, yeah. You get into it, and it's like they have these beautiful shots and stuff, and it's like, you didn't direct that. or yeah, like, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know, And people are lying on it anyway. So, like, um, so join the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take the revenant and just be like, here's my movie. Yeah. Here you go. I watched this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and boy, would I have done it differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know, like... I, uh, I, I'm kind of, I was big on being in front of the camera back in the day too. When mm. I was going through broadcasting school, I was on camera for everything. I ended oh, up yeah. like on camera talent of the year or whatever amongst our class. And the entire time people were like, man, you're really good. And I was like, I'm trying to get behind the camera. Yeah. Lo and behold, I'm behind there now. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, I'm probably be worth more, uh, like I would have more control over my product or whatever i'm doing if i'm in front of it right so like if i'm trying to do a tv series i should probably be one of the characters in there because then i know that like uh then i know that i'm uh, in front of the camera because they'll replace a showrunner or a director on a tv right series, no yeah, problem. yeah. You, yeah. Seem, like, you, you get the job security if you're on a tv show as an actor for absolutely sure. yeah. yeah but then then the other side is that you, once you're in front of the camera there's no control over what happens to your image and yeah, like, yeah. whatever so it's tricky you know you don't really get to decide 
once you sort of make the decision to get in front of the camera, you don't really have much decision beyond that. Right, yeah, yeah. Other than to stop, I guess. And are, are you sort of looking to direct television? Like, is that sort of where you're, like, what, what is your, like, where's your path hoping, where are you hoping it sort of dives? I want to do a TV series, I want to do movies, you yeah. know? Um, I want to do, um, I want to do, like, fictional stuff, I want to do reality stuff, I have some documentary ideas, there's a bunch of stuff that I want to do, and it's cool because, you know, ten years ago, you'd have to make the decision of, I want to do film or television or a reality or documentary. Right. But now you can, it's more accepted that you can sort of float between all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about doing TV is just, you know, um, like not, a, I wouldn't want to be necessarily a TV director because it's not that much fun. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to be like a TV creator or showrunner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the money is, <clears throat> especially yeah. in Canada, it's just way better than doing film. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, God, there's, I got friends that have been making movies, you know, or it's, are, have been making movies for years and like are barely, ba- like, are starting to get to the point where they are now able to pay themselves, you know? Right, yeah, because that's, I, I really noticed that with features is it's like, your goal is to make it, not to get paid for making it. Yeah. Like, it's like, <clears> I, I don't, I don't even, I can't even visualize the point. I don't know how a director makes money yeah. in film. Like, it's like, I just don't, I feel like all of it is just going into, yeah. until people are seeking you out and hiring you. <clears throat> I made the least on Infanticide. Oh, yeah, yeah. I lost money on that movie. <clears throat> and that's the case with everybody, you know? Yeah. Because at some point in time, somebody lied to somebody. Somebody lied to us and was like, well, you know, you do the first one. It's the lie that everybody tells somebody in this fucking yeah, yeah. industry. It's like, do this one for free. The next one will take care yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. And the irony of it is that everybody's telling that lie to themselves. And yeah. especially the director or the creators of these things. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm going to do this one for free. But, uh, you know, that will turn out good. And they'll be able to parlay that so that people are going to want to pay me to do this. Yeah. And, like, I'm getting paid to do commercials these days, you know? Right. I'm not getting paid to do anything that I like. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're getting paid at least to do comedy stuff. You know, the yeah. stand up, but like, you know, um, web series, I put out money on, like every everything that I've done, I put out money on, and it's yeah. still like somebody's still like, well, you know, eventually, yeah. Yeah. you do your next feature, you do that one for putting your time, yeah, putting your time, and yeah. then like, and then, and the, and then, like, uh, we think that because it's somebody, you know, again, there's like this idea that if you're doing, um, film, there's money in it, but like, you know, God. I, even the guys that get paid for their first feature or whatever, getting seventy thousand dollars, which is nothing. Yeah, for the amount of time that they've been working. Oh on my that. god, it's years, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it, it is it, it's really frustrating. And like with with me, like I'm I make uh, my living basically on comedy, but it's it's like that's it, it, a lot of people are like, oh, I worked this day job so that I could finance my film, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to work comedy. To finance film, yeah. which is a, a, not a that's not an equation that works. You no. know, that's, there's there's a bunch of signs in there that aren't going to go together because <laughs> yeah. it's like I'm I'm in I'm in the store and I'm like bread this week and it's like no not this week next week bread next week bread yeah, for sure yeah 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 no that's crazy because yeah I, there's people that like that you know their sort of trajectory is to be as to be a comedian and uh, even in Canada like the entertainment industry in Canada is just fucked up beyond repair and it's not a mistake I don't think I don't. No. I don't think that that has happened by mistake at all. Uh, it can't, it couldn't have happened like that. But like, 
you know, uh, film is the same as stand-up comedy, which is like, what, all right, so like, what's your end goal? For a comedian, it's like, you're going to work for Yuck Yucks, you're going to, you know, and you're going to be treated like a professional wrestler, like sort of like traveling yeah, on the road. Yeah, just go around, you come in, people are like, cool, and then yeah. they come see you, yeah. Yeah, paid whatever they decide that they want to pay you, and that and that's making it. And then like, okay, so then, you know, if that's what you're, I mean, if, that's what you're, if the end goal is for you to be like a working stand-up comedian, in yeah. Canada. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, yeah. And I mean, I respect the hell out of you for doing that, but like, that's not the life. Like, I mean, I don't understand how you can do that lifestyle. Right. That being said, exact same working in, in the film or television yeah, industry. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It's just because I understand comedy a little bit better because I've been doing it. Yeah. So, like, I've seen people achieve success. Yeah. Uh, but with film, it's like I know people who have achieved success and who have, like, but I don't know. I don't know how. I wasn't there when they were doing it, and it's yeah. like so. For me, it's it seems way more likely that I can, you know, go around and, and do that thing and be a working comedian and, and sort of because I because I did it back home and I'm I'm not there yet here. Mm-hmm. But like it's it's you know hopefully coming together. And then, uh, but with film, it's like with every single one, it's like I'm begging people to let me pay for my movie. You know, like, it's like, I'm begging, like, I'm be- let me spend my money, yeah. like, give me some and I will, I'll put up the rest kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, so the, the people that you, uh, like, the comedians that you see as, like, working comedians or whatever, do you, it, like, is the level of success for these people that they, like, are they touring as comedians or they have parlayed that into working in a comedy room, like, for, for show, like, or in a different, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you know, because... You sort of jump genres or jump, jump career paths at that point. Yeah. And most comedians I know, they're working their way to try to get into a writing, a writing room. room. Yeah, that's the dream for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you're down in the States, you could be a touring comedian, you know? Yeah. And not need work in a writing room. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't. I'm sure everybody's goal is eventually get to television anyway, just because yeah. you get that sweet paycheck. Right. Every week, as opposed to, like, traveling on the road. But, like, a comedian like Artie Lang is still, like, a trap... Like, he's making good money, and he's, yeah. like, able to do it. But at the same time, like, I mean, he's releasing books and shit, too, so I don't know. I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, is is in most artistic anything, you have to do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I think. It, it seems to be that way. But, like, I, I know in Canada, like, it's like, in Canada, you're like, I want to tour Canada, I want to do the whole Canada thing. But then the people who are really... It, it, seemed, it, it seems to be that the goal is then to go to the States. Yeah. And then, like, what are you? You're going to pitch your pilots. You're going to uh, just try to get a touring thing down there. You're going to yeah. try and book these well, shows. In I don't know. I was talking to a comedian about this earlier this week, and she was telling me that, like, uh, apparently Americans can come up here for short-term one-off shows, like, and right. it will work. But it doesn't work that way for Canadians going down to America. Right. So, like, the you know the million-dollar question, um, and like. I've known one or two guys that have been able to pull it off is like, how do you get down to the States? Yeah. That's what everybody's goal is. Because yeah, yeah. Even if you're not in this for the money, which you should be, mm-hmm. um, because it's a huge generation of money, like yeah. money, money is being made. And so you should take your fair share of it. Yeah. And we're way too easy to be like, no, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially comedians more so than film. Cause it's like, I mean, film is not being, <clears throat> film is, is barely being watched here. It's welfare system for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but the draw down in the states, if it's not for money, is so that people will actually watch what you're doing. You yeah, know? yeah. And so you're doing it for one of those two reasons, you know, uh, and hopefully both. Um, but like, you know, 
and this is the whole thing about it, it's sort of our ex, you know, our move newfies are like, is there a big benefit to doing the Toronto thing before you go down to the States? I guess so. It seems to be the path that everybody kind of takes. Yeah. I'm not sure how you get to that point, but you're sort of halfway there, at least, from being here. I think it depends, because, like, what it feels like to me is it's like, I, um, in Newfoundland, the possibility of me getting anything significant made seemed pretty low. Mm-hmm. But when I, uh, moving out here, like, especially, in Newfoundland, I got myself up to a certain point with comedy. Yeah. And then so the idea was to ride the comedy into Toronto, hopefully bring the film up a little bit go back to Newfoundland and then just keep pushing those like sort of a railway cart type thing. Absolutely. Just pushing one That's up. That's sort of what I've been doing up. for yeah. like for the last couple of years. It sucks in a lot of sense. Right. Like I don't know what your personal life is like, but like it's tricky to fucking to it's tricky to uh f- you know to find a girl that is cool with you not being around right like, yeah know? yeah and it's tricky i guess as being a comedian anyways because you're traveling around like yeah, you'll yeah. get to the point that you are doing the halifax comedy festival winnipeg one or whatever yeah. uh it's tricky if you're working in film because you're doing 10 hour days or something like that you can't like make a phone call and ask how they're doing or whatever yeah and it's even crazier if you're spending six months in Toronto, yeah, yeah. And six months in newfoundland but it's the same boat that i'm in too where it's like i had worked for like seven years in building a crew of of trusted, talented people in Newfoundland that will follow me to the end of the earth, you know. Right. And uh, and like, um, not only is it arduous to think about trying to build up another seven year relationship with people up here, yeah. But I wouldn't want to. Like, I mean, I love the guys that I work with in Newfoundland. You know, yeah. I, um, I've been working with Ian Vatcher on everything of any mm-hmm. significance that I've ever done, and can't imagine trying to build up a relationship with another DOP. Yeah, yeah. And have that sort of thing. You know, it's just crazy that I was even able to meet a guy like Ian, like just yeah, yeah. randomly that we're into the same kind of comedy and like. And he's super talented, and I come to him with, you know, basically retard ideas, and he's like, yeah, let's do that. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and God love him for it, and, you know, that's a million to one shot right there. I was also going to mention to you that if you keep on doing this stuff, you should talk to, like, DOPs and stuff, and editors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get their take on it. Because, uh, and, like, uh, production designers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I, the, Liam Small... At this point, his isn't out, but I have him on talking about props and mm. that kind of thing. I've yeah. got um, uh, the DOP who was on Imposter, which I was volunteering on cool. uh, as a PA. So, I yeah, I kind of go, like, I've been on these CFC shoots and just kind of looking around and being like, hey, want to come? Yeah, come yeah, yeah. Because, like, I know, like, DOPs, like, I think I asked Adam Penny, and I think he just said no. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it was like... That makes sense. Yeah, like, I would love I to... Know. It's Because uh, DOP is the other thing that, like, I guess as a director, like that's the person you want to, you're going to be talking to a yeah, lot of time throughout yeah, the film. Yeah, su- so. super important. And like, and produce, I mean, the thing about, um, the funniest thing about being like a director or even a writer director is how little you are actually doing. You right. Know? You, you know, you hire people or people volunteer and you're just telling them, you come to them and be like, this is sort of what I've been thinking. Uh, Hopefully they have better ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they tell you like why you should do it differently, and then you wisely say yes or no. Yeah. At the end, even with actors, I mean, like yeah. especially with actors, you're just like you go in and you try. Like it's such a collaborative experience. Mm-hmm. It's like 
you know, I got no problem talking up the great points of like infanticide. Yeah, because I had. I, I mean, I wrote it and I directed it. And I just did, had so many other more talented people than me yeah, yeah. on that thing that, like, it doesn't feel like I'm bragging about anything at all. Right. Like, no, I don't. And any director that sort of tries to pass it off, like, they're some sort of, uh, you know, even the most controlling directors, like, they, anybody that tries to pass it off like they make the movie on their own. Yeah. It's full of so stupid. And yeah. it's, I got no respect for it. And there's a bunch of people that are happy to take all the credit for it. Right. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I mean, at the same time, I said earlier that I'd like to do animation because I wouldn't have to work with anybody. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you heard my voices. Yeah. We see how good <laughs> that that'll turn out in the yeah. end. It's, you know? uh, and animation is cool, too, because you have that extra, like, you have so much control in the, the visual aspects of, of what's coming out, but only in who you choose to create those visual aspects, you know? Mm-hmm. So like I've, uh, I, I've pitched, I've pitched a lot of animation, um, because it's sort of my dream area. Like I love, because, uh, well, like you've seen my concepts for films, uh, for me, for, with no budget, they're a nightmare to pull off. So like everything is, is magic wands. I've got this horror movie that involves moving in and out of a, of a, another movie. So somebody's watching a movie Mm. Uh, they're one of these people that yell at the movie and in this situation the characters in the movie can hear her so okay. she is guiding them through the movie so it's like this tertiary character who's supposed to die before the opening credits yeah 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 uh, and she keeps him alive because oh, she's cool. seen the movie so many times yeah, she knows yeah, yeah. how to keep him cool yeah. this, that's an animation idea? Uh, I, I'm not sure like I, I wrote it as my the first time I ever applied to Picture Start um, uh, that was what I applied with and mm. uh, I applied for Picture Start because I just searched, how do I get a movie made in Newfoundland? Yeah. And there was an article written about it. And I was like, okay. And I applied. I had no idea what it was all about. Yeah, we yeah. went in. We had this interview. Uh, and when we left the interview, me and my friend looked at each other. And we were like, we're not ready for this. And yeah. we went on. And so I just I put that in the back burner. It was my, it was my first, like, it, it was another script that was 20 pages long that needs to be 12. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a common mistake for people making their first film is to have an inflated thing, you know, yeah. and to, cause I mean, you're learning it and, uh, you know, uh, like most, most first time directors end up with like a 20, if somebody, if they're unfortunate enough to produce their very first script they've written, yeah, it's normally 20 minutes long. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like fuck or fight started off as a very thin five page thing, but it was like jokes, jokes, yeah, jokes. Yeah. Oh my God. And like, and then I remember the lead actor on it. We were going to set for the second day. And I had released, um, I think at this point it was like triple white. So like there's a paper, uh, there's a paper trail, right? Yeah, when yeah. You're working in television or film, which is like uh, white, yellow, pink, blue, you know, uh, goldenrod. Yeah, and then a green, and then like you, sh- and then if you go back to, it's rare to go to double white. You right. start from the beginning, and I was at like triple white, <laughs> and he was like, "Why are you going to go on to purple version?" Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's just like it is like, and we're shooting, and I'm still updating the script. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. God, I could write a book about that experience. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, and I, I remember I was trying to. I think it was my first year at Doyle. Um, that I had written Fucker Fight and I was like I had no idea what an AD did like I didn't have any respect for that position at all so we right. didn't have one and so like anyways but I was going around and was like trying to find people to sort of plug in into these sort of roles um, and like 
Um, I remember I was talking to, I think it was Karen McDonald, who was the coordinator at the time on Doyle. And she was like, we should apply for a picture star, mm. which I had heard of at that point. But I was like, I thought it was like, well, that's for like the real filmmakers. Right, you know? yeah, like, yeah. I haven't done anything at all. I had no like history with, with NIFCO at that point at right. all. And like, um, and you know, knew very little about the program, had never applied for a grant at that point. Right. And I also sort of had this thing, uh, where I wanted to do it outside of, outside of NIFCO or any sort of like organization or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Cause, and I guess my mind has really changed about it, but like I always felt that like if you're being funded by like a grant institute, then your movie is probably not that exciting. It's probably right. like pretty safe, you know. Yeah, yeah. And just with the title of the movie being "Fuck a Fight" and like, right. you know, and and uh, and it's like yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a shady kind of film, I, and it would never have gotten any funding for it. Like right. I, I'll get money for the dick sucking movie before I'd ever get money <laughs> for, like "Fuck a Fight." <laughs> Um, but, and, and, it, and NIFCO as an institution at that point just seemed sort of like, it was just too big for me to even, you know, or yeah. like, you know, they were responsible for what is probably like to this day is the only like truly great film that Newfoundland's ever done. Right. Which is Faustus, big good. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, other than that, like, and, and I was aware of that film and like, and I love that movie. Um, and so like... You know, when somebody suggested you just do picture start, I was like, "There's no way." Yeah, yeah. You know? And um, and then I think you know, I, I ended up shooting the movie on my own, and uh, and I ended up going out and volunteering. And then, you know, it's much like the CFC, where it's like when you're looking on the outside in, it just seems to be this huge institution yeah. that's like you don't know if you're good enough for it, or it's yeah, like yeah. you know. And then you sort of go on set. And you're like, it's kind of the same as everywhere else. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. Because not... I've I've volunteered now on four mm-hmm. four CFC shoots, and it is every single one is it's definitely not like it's a different crew every time. There's people even on this because so much of it is volunteer. Yeah, like you'll work with three different gaffers. Yeah. on five days, you know. Yeah. So it's like it's a it's a different thing. Like I know Heather has been gaffing yeah. on these, on these shoots and she'll say like, yeah, I'll do the whole thing. And they're like, what really? Yeah. And like, that's a big thing. Or she'll like step in for another day for somebody else. And yeah, yeah. I know I did. Uh, I volunteered two years ago, um, for like a day or so or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was the first time like I had applied to the CMC and gotten shut down by them. Uh, and like, you know, as I said earlier, it was like, it seemed like the only path of getting to the writing room was to go through the CFC. Yeah, so yeah. it just seems like it's this, you know, huge thing. And then I uh, got on set on the first day of this thing and I was like, you know, no disrespect to the CFC, but I yeah, was yeah. like, you know, this is kind of the equivalent of like a first time film. If that, like, right. you know, nobody's getting paid on picture, uh, like nobody's getting paid on these things, but people are getting paid on picture starts, yeah, you know? Yeah. And the quality of the films, I don't know, I haven't seen a lot of the CFCs. And truth be told, like, you know, uh, there's been there's been three or four good picture starts in in the seven or eight years that the thing has been made. Right. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, but uh, you know, um, I guess the point being is that like it really sort of like brought uh, the CFC down to like kind of a human level, and and the same with like doing a first time volunteering on a first time film for uh, NIFCO was like, oh wow, this is like you know. This isn't that much different than what we were doing for Fuck or Fight. Right. You know? And, um, yeah, so, so, 
so I did fuck or fight. Then I, I applied for the first time film thing, and that was when Roger Monner was the mentor there. Yeah, and so that was cool. And then, um, then I shot that, and I think I applied with Elsa for my first year as a producer for Picture Start. Yeah, which would have been Picture Start Five, I think. Okay, and uh, so that would have been 2011, I think we applied for, and we got it. Yeah, and it was the same year that Ross and Andrew and uh, Frank Barry and is it Frank Barry and uh, and Brad Gover were the other teams. Ah, uh, okay. Um, almost an entire male uh, a year, right? Which would have been horribly sexist. So I'm glad that there was yeah. at least Elsa there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not that I think that. Anyways. Um, yeah. So. Um, so anyway, so we did the we so we got picture start that year for winners, and I'd never produced anything before in my life, uh, other than like my own short films kind of thing. And then I ended up uh, kind of living at Nifco at that point, like because I got hired as a production manager for Ross's thing and a unit manager for Brad's thing, right? And like, and I just loved it there. I loved yeah. being there. I was there all the time. Mm-hmm. It was awesome, and it was like. Even if I didn't need to be there, I was just sort of hanging out there and yeah. like and talking to people and stuff like that. And it really like it sort of became my home then because uh, you know and it was weird. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like less than a year from me thinking that the thing was too big for me to ever sort of get right. into. Yeah, yeah. To stepping into the building mm-hmm. to like really feeling like I had been like sort of open, uh, armed, accepted. And then we got in Fantaside the year after, and I was living there again. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I like, you know, I, I there was times that I was like sleeping there. You know, I was sleeping on the couch there. If yeah. I had an early morning meeting, and I was like out with drinks for somebody the night before, <laughs> instead of like risking not showing up there yeah, for yeah. a call, I would sleep at Nifco. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and or I was editing there until the nights, like mm. early in the nights, and like you know. And, Inevitably, the last person in the building would be like, "You hear that there's ghosts in this building?" And so yeah. I fucking freaked out then. It was like <laughs> two or three in the morning. But uh, yeah, I don't really know what the end of that story was, but it's just sort of, um, I guess, like, how many times have you applied to Pitch Star at this point? Twice. Yeah, so that's not bad. Yeah, I, you know, I was two for two. Then I applied. This <laughs> <laughs> I applied this past year and got rejected for the first time. Right. Although technically. I applied with Infanticide the very first year with Elsa. We applied twice. Right. One for where she was the director and I was the producer for her winners. Yeah. And then Infanticide, where she was going to be the producer and I was the director. And they chose winners. Right. And um, and it was great. <laughs> I wasn't upset about that at all. Right. So, yeah, I've been rejected the, there twice. And how much did you change your application of Infanticide between the first and second time? They claimed that I did a lot. Right. And uh, I did a rewrite on the script the week before the week before that I sent it in. Right. I didn't change that much. I mean, um, the biggest change was that Elsa, and this is the reason that we were selected or not selected, is that Elsa, me and Elsa had a company at the time, and she was producing Jackie Hines' uh, Michelle Jackson Award thing. Right. So we wanted to do this, at this point we wanted to try and be like big shots and produce two short films within the same week. Right, yeah, So we yeah. did Infanticide the weekend before, and then three days later we did Jackie's movie. Oh, uh, okay. So Elsa was, uh, so Mike Chaffini came out as producer, and that was sort of the biggest change, I guess. And I did sort of one rewrite. Yeah. That wasn't that big of a change, I don't think. 
um, once you go into the pro, but anyways, they were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe how much better it is this year than last." Right. And then, like I've had conversations with them since then. And they're like, "Aren't you glad we didn't select you the first year around?" And it's <laughs> like, I guess. I mean, I never had the idea to cast Kristen Pellerin in it. Yeah. Uh, at first, I was gonna, I was gonna cast a, um, a couple that had broken up because I thought that it would be. Right. Interesting to uh, okay. have that dynamic as the you are a leads. troll, aren't you? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting. It's a it's a risk, though. It yeah, would be a risk is, for yeah. your f- first time having a budget to do yeah, it. Yeah, know? And uh, I'm sure at some point somebody would talk some sense into me about it. But that's the thing too, because after after you get accepted, you do so much work on it. They destroy you. Yeah, they destroy you. And you wonder why you ever wanted to make the movie in the first <laughs> yeah. place. And especially with the comedy, like, and maybe, I mean, you know, truth be told, I've only done, like, kind of a horror film and the rest have been comedy. So I don't know what mm-hmm. it's like to do with drama. Right. But with comedy, um, you, it's, I mean, you very quickly fall out of love with every joke that you make. Right. That you've written. And so you're just sort of going on, like, I just sort of going on instinct that at one point in time you thought this was funny. Yeah, yeah. So it's still probably funny. Yeah. Um, but then you get into a table read and you hear actors perform it for the first time and then it's funny again. Mm-hmm. And then people give you notes and a lot of them are contradictory and so you don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And, you know, um, and then you abandon it and then you go on set <laughs> <laughs> you shoot it and it becomes funny again right and then you go into post-production and it's hell and yeah it's just oh hell my god uh, i can't I, I i that's like one of the biggest things i want to get out of is i just want to find an editor yeah who will do stuff because it's yeah. like i you're so close to it by that point yeah it's so hard to tell which take is legitimately funny Absolutely. and which one is like because i remember all these like by the time we got to this take i wasn't laughing anymore but is that because this one wasn't funny or because I've heard the joke 17 times in a or row? you're stressed out because somebody, the AD has come up to you and being like, for yours, it's like we're losing light in the windows now, so we have to get out of here. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, obviously it's not funny to you anymore because yeah. you've got all these things going on. I uh, had three different editors um, in Fantaside. I think we went through two different um, sound uh, editors. Right. We, uh, and we hired a composer a week before we pitched a line. Yeah. Because I was going to use stock music first at a certain point because I thought it would work well. Right. But there was, it just didn't. Um, and so, you know, um, the first editor, uh, so this is the first time that I've ever worked with another editor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we hired this guy and he was a really nice guy and I got along with him really well. He was, he was a good editor, but I showed up. And he had changed the name of the of the movie. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he cut out all of like any sort of fancy shot that I had done, like just completely like whatever. And um, and it was it was amazing how horrible I thought it was. Really? Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so so. I went away. I remember going away and like and being like, "Wow, I really fucked up on this." Right. Like, uh, and we found out subsequently that he had been showing the cuts to other people before I ever got it. So he ended up quitting and before he got fired, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do that. 
And I was willing to let him re- He renamed the movie Welcome Home Baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, like, I mean, his point was that if you call it infanticide, first of all, infanticide is kind of a, a tricky word. Yeah. You got a lot of people that are like, I love infanticide, you know? Infanticide, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it also kind of gives, you know, we don't kill the first kid until, like, the seven minute mark in the movie. Right. And it kind of gives away what's going to happen in the movie. Yeah. So I understand where it was coming from. It's just sort of like you don't do that without, like, Talking to someone. Yeah, exactly. Like, in the first screening, sort of, like, bring up the point first. Um, Anyways, um, and that was a major debate throughout the entire film at that point, then, was what we were going to call it. It was so tricky. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a really good one, but Mike didn't like it. It was uh, was going to be called, at one point, the Johnsons Drive a Company Car. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, Mike, for better or for worse, didn't really like it. So right. we were just like, and he, I think to this day, thinks I only suggested that so that he would be like, all right, fine, and fantasy. Right, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But like, and I don't like telling people that story because nine times out of ten, people would go, oh, that's a better title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, were, were you, I can't remember if I had Moving On named by the time I got it to you or not. Or was it? Because I remember it was, uh, I'd been working on that script for a really long time, yeah. and it had... Uh, a lot of names, and one of them, I think it was Little Miracles, right up until... I think it was moving on by the time it got to me. Was it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't I, remember Little Miracles. Yeah, because I think it was it was Little Miracles right up until... And I got notes from somebody, but I can't remember where it was. Uh, it might have been Ruth Atkinson, actually. It was just like, I was just chatting with her, and I was telling her about it. Uh, and she, she said, oh, well, just be careful with your title that it doesn't give away, because that's a big part in that. Yes. Because Little Miracles revol- revolves around a baby, and that's the sort of, the thing in that is, uh, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to know that, that's that's withheld on purpose, so she was like, yeah, you should probably just change from that, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So then the, the moving on title, I thought, hinted more towards the fact that they were going to break up. Break up, yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. The, sort of the deceit in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. It's really, it's, it is interesting, though, like, how, how it, how it affects... How much it affects the movie, the title. It is, yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is that, like, you shouldn't really overthink it. And I guess the reason why Infanticide, at the end of the day, is not that big of a deal is that it's a 16-minute long movie that people are just going to consume and move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, most people don't know what the fucking title it means anyways. Yeah. Which is more, I think, of a misstep than anything else, Mm -hmm. is that it's not, uh, it's just a, a, it's not a crazy word, but it's just a little more complicated than, like, a, a one syllable word or something, yeah. You know, which is like, because like a vague, a, like a, a, a title that's too vague. I find like I'm I'm do I'm doing all this stuff now where I'm just like reading through uh, synopsis over and over again. Like because I'm I'm trying to get my I, I'm you know I, I was working on the synopsis for so long for the CFC thing, and I was trying to read over other people. So I was going to these databases, and I was just finding like I'm assuming that's pretty similar to what happens. In a in a room where you know where say at CFC where they're getting all these synopsis yeah and they're reading through them they sort of just have this database in front of them yeah of stuff and and for me it was like when I was looking through with titles I was more likely to sort of go to these to these shorter titles than like uh, one of the ones like I really loved the movie like John goes to the Olympics mm-hmm. uh, like all the stuff that they were doing for that I was like this is cool I was like really like rooting for that for Sinaku um, and. Uh, it is what it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's like it's funny because there's there's is a sweet spot because you see a lot of movies and comedies that are just like it's sort of like um, 
It reminds me of in uh, Idiocracy where, like, um, I don't know if you've seen this Mike Judge movie where the guy gets frozen and oh, wakes yes. up yeah, years yeah. later and the big show is, is, like, kicked in the nuts. Right. And that's what I find a lot of the titles are, like, like identity theft or, like, yeah. horrible bosses. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. sort of like, this is what the movie is about. There's no cleverness in the title at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Like, Spy is another yeah, example. Or, like, The Boss. Yeah. You know? Yeah, poor Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. That thing. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is, it is, that, yeah, because those are just so. Those are all, yeah, wow. Those are mostly Identity Theft, wow. Yeah, Identity, identity Theft, Boss, and, and a Spy song, yeah. are all Melissa McCarthy movies. <laughs> and they're, yeah, she's getting, uh, she's getting, because, like, I, it I, just seems like it's just titles for like for simple people that they yeah. don't need to know anything. And, else. And, the, the, and it's the same thing back to the trailers. It's just like like the boss. When you look at boss, it is all violence, a couple of boob jokes, and that's the whole trailer. Yeah. And like it was the same thing they did with Spy because it was like violence, Melissa McCarthy rolling down the stairs or something. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, I think they probably had one of her one of her insults. But I think it was her getting insulted, too, which is, like, because in that movie, she's so high status, and she's so, like, in control of everything, and, like, she's really good, yeah. and that's the thing that makes the movie great, and it didn't get shown at all. Is there a TV show called Fat Actress or anything? Because, <laughs> like, that's the next step for her. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just, like... <laughs> so, so brutal. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. I um, had talked to a couple of actors uh, that... Um, sort of mid-range in weight. Nobody that you would call a stick and nobody that you would call fat. But, yeah. like, they have had agents telling them that you got to make a choice. One yeah, way or the one other. way or the it's other. Like, That's terrifying. I know, right? It's brutal. So she's probably, like... And you'll see a lot of actresses, especially with actresses, that, like, are, are bigger women will sort of, like, uh, uh, find a degree of success and then will drop the weight and then won't get hired anymore. Yeah. You know? and But so, like, she, Melissa is probably, like, in a, in a sort of a torturous hell where yeah. she's, like, she could afford to and probably is motivated to and probably wants to lose the weight. Yeah. But, like, there goes her career if she and does it. And it's such you know? a big, it's such a big thing that you only really see in comedy, yeah. right? Because it's, like, when you're choosing your sort of, uh, yeah, like choosing your body type, like so weird to say, but like when you when you are thinking about that, like what path am I going to go down? Like, like you'd never see that in something else. And the thing about her too is that, like in Spy, it almost worked against her. Like it could have been, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't even, it wasn't necessary in any way. Yeah, I you don't know? recall. Like, I don't recall any sort of jokes where she's like. Like no fat jokes or anything. No, because and like, and she's chasing people down in that and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And like there's there's you know it is like it's a spy. It's an action spy movie, yeah. right? So it's uh, in that kind of thing. It was like it was so unnecessary, um, and because you but you still know that that pressure is there. Like I've heard about that so many times, and like Seth Rogen was talking about it all the time, where they were like, "Yeah, man, you just got to get you got to get real fat." Yeah, you, yeah, because yeah. he tried to drop a bunch of weight for. Um... For the uh, Green Hornet, I think. Yeah. He trimmed down for that. Yeah. And then that movie didn't go anywhere, so he gained all his way back yeah. again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, oh, God, who's the Michael Duncan Clark, or Michael Clark Duncan, the guy that from Green Mile? Like, he oh, yeah. got nominated for an Oscar. He was the big guy. Then he dropped a bunch of weight and he stopped getting hired. And yeah. You know, and then he died. So uh, keep that well, in mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's going to be our, uh, I think that'll be our moral for this episode. 
Yes. Right there. I think that's, 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 that's what we'll leave people with. Have you been recording this whole time? I yeah, yeah. Started. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'd like to get a nice long warm up before yeah. we start. All right, I'm ready now. I'm ready. All right, here we go. <laughs> Green Light Podcast episode, whatever it is. But if you don't nine? care a feather or a fig, you may grow up to be a pig. Or would you like to swing on a star? All right, that's it. Thank you. That's another another one in the bag. I shouldn't say that like it's a chore. Anyway, whatever. It's over. Uh, thank you again for listening. Thank you for Tim again for putting all this together. Now we're in separate provinces. I have no idea if what I'm sending you is what you need. Um, but if people are listening to this right now, we're making it work, guys. Uh, so thank you again for tuning in. Next week, we've got Danny Dillabaugh, who is a writer from Newfoundland, uh, who is out here in Toronto just doing all of the things that I want to do. Um, so listen in on that interview where you can hear uh, my jealousy in every word that I say to him. Uh, so thank you, and we'll see you next fortnight. A new kind of jumped up slippery fish And all the monkeys are in the zoo Every day you meet quite a few So you see it's all up to you You can be better than you are You could be swinging on a star